We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Tell you. Thinking about the circumstances, so many different ways to go. Most guys are going to pump the fact that Biden plunges the 33%, and they're excited about that. If they're Republicans, they're predicting all kinds of sweeps. They're unaware of the Democrat mafia states that are already rigging the game and have already picked up six seats through gerrymandering districts. You know how I got this show? Not many people do. I got this show because I'm a terrible slave. Terrible slave, terrible at being lied to, and I could smell it like a Democrat's feet from a thousand yards. I could smell it. So I have to go in day in and day out and scour the news, and I have to look at these morons, these failed people. Tell me how to accept being lied to. Tell me how to accept being bullied. And tell me how to accept losing. And I suck at all of it. I, do, I cannot tolerate losing. Can't tolerate it. I don't care what the circumstances are. I remember admiring a rich man when I was a kid. He wasn't related to me. He was just a guy that used to come in my grandfather's auto parts store, and he had just ooze success. And I asked him one time, I was a kid, I said, no, what's the, what do you do? How do you do it? He goes, I recognize when something's wrong, and I adapt and overcome, and I change the circumstance. And that has been something that has stuck with me since I was eight. And you're in this position right now, and you know you're being lied to. And you're watching good people be bullied, lose, and be told it's for their own good. It's not. I read the stats in the tease. 541,000 more people this year than last year on today's date have the vid. 608 more deaths. The whole time nurses, doctors, teachers, people of all company sizes are being told, put it in your arm or lose your livelihood. And people can adapt and overcome. Jobs can be given, taken, and people can survive. But when you watch it happen to kids, it irritates me. Because as a man... And as an adult, you have one responsibility, and it isn't to some fat, Oak Park, no toenail polished, whatever, telling you how to live your life. It's to the generations behind you to make sure they are as free as you were. That's the obligation. And we're losing it. I saw a story that I had to 
play because I have kids in college. You have kids, I'm certain, or you know somebody that does. From grade school, age five, all the way up to in college, are being having their, their lives upended, having their careers taken away from them. And this is now the new normal in this Biden dystopia, this Democrat dystopia. This is what life looks like when losers, corrupt frauds, are making the laws, the regulations. This is what it looks like. So before I play the clip of Pittsburgh University, a new congressman wanted to tell us yesterday exactly what happens in the hallowed halls of our government, in the honorable Congress birthing peoples. Last night, the United States Congress may have reached a new low. You see, last night we had what's called a quorum vote. A quorum vote is essentially where you vote on whether you are present or not present. It is to determine which members of Congress are actually here for the purpose, the purpose of establishing a quorum. So we had this vote, this quorum vote last night, and we had 101 members of Congress vote present by proxy. Do you understand that? They weren't there, and they had their moron, their moron colleagues, other Congress-birthing peoples from other states lie and say they were there. This, by the way, this goes on in that sewer Springfield. This is how that Mafia Democrat Party rules just as well. This is fraud. You have one job. Hey, stupid. And that's what you are if you're a congressman. Hey, stupid. Kinzinger and the rest of you idiots. You have one job. Represent your constituents. Where were you? What are you, busy? What do you got things to do? This is the job. The, 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 the country is shut down. People are being extorted, intimidated, losing their future. And 101 of you morons had other morons lie for you? And that's your, your representative republic? Or, or, or if a Democrat scumbag is listening, your democracy? So they had someone else vote for them, voting present, because they were not present. By definition... If you are voting by proxy, you are not present. And that's the fact, Jack. That's how it looks. And these are the idiots who are sitting idly by as we go bankrupt, as shelves on grocery store, in grocery stores are empty, as people can barely get by, and the only way that they can is to turn into government welfare recipients. And that's the future. That's what it looks like. Classes separate Every time a communist, a Marxist, a Soviet, and a Democrat are in office, the classes separate. And by the way, few make it to the top because socialism is expensive, especially under corrupt scum like what we have in the White House, in Congress, and anybody with a Democrat. I know people, oh, I, I, I had a great, 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 great aunt who was a Democrat. She was a wonderful person. Maybe. Then if she still calls herself a Democrat, she's completely unaware of what we have going on today. And what I'd like to know what they think when colleges, when high schools, when grade schools, grade schools and high schools and colleges take away the opportunity in the future of the youth in this country. What do you think the future looks like? 
Students just returned back to campus for the spring semester this week, but for some, their learning ended before it began. University announced it will be following a federal mandate put in place by the Biden administration to be fully vaccinated by December 6th. In a statement, the university said students and faculty would be given the month of December to get vaccinated before any disciplinary action would be taken. The university would not confirm how many students have been disenrolled, but did. Isn't that a cool name? Isn't that a nice. Let's play word salads with Marxists. Well, you're disenrolled. But I, but I paid my tuition. I signed the loan. I passed your tests. What do you mean I'm disenrolled? That's word salad with fascist scum. That's what it means. I have two kids in college. I'm protecting them. Not just because I won't say the name of the college because I had one scumbag Democrat troll from the listening audience in Chicago try to contact my daughter. But I'm protecting them. By the way, He'd have had more than politics to worry about had he been successful. I am protecting them from this kind of abuse because one thing has been absent in two years, and that is a rebuttal and a recompense to what happens when you put this experiment in your arm. Why are you covering up and not disclosing potential side effects? We looked. After the second dose, at least 80% of participants experienced a systemic side effect, ranging from severe chills to fevers. So, are these vaccines safe? Now, by the way, she is asking Bill Gates. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, the, the FDA not being pressured will look hard at that the fda is the gold standard of regulators uh and their current guidance on this if they stick with that is is very very appropriate uh and you know the it the 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 side effects were not super severe that is it didn't cause permanent health problems for uh the things that are, they, you know, Moderna did have to go with a fairly high dose. And so, uh, you know, to get the antibodies, some of the other vaccines uh, are going able to go with lower dose. And how much time did you uh, spend getting the data? How much time? Anybody want to talk about the time? Nobody wants to talk about the time. I want to talk about the kids. I want to talk about the people who are experiencing those side effects. No one wants to talk about. And I won't be intimidated by the fascist scum of any kind, even when they try to rap. Did you hear about this? Oh, this is wonderful. This is a guy at a Dallas City Council meeting. Now, I hope he doesn't have kids, because if he does, those kids don't have, have much of showing their face in public. Vaccinate! You're going to get corona from Mona. Don't vaccinate. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. you got to vaccinate in a lone shot state. Vaccination is so great. Vaccinate me all day long. Vaccinate your daddy and mom. Vaccinate my body. Vaccinate me at the party. I vaccine dream. I love the vaccine all day long. I want to vaccinate your mom. I want to stick it in Uh-oh. your arm. Omar. Oh, 
Tell you I want to vaccinate you, but you can't hear my song. Vaccinate me in my thong. Vaccination, right or wrong. Dr. Fauci, give me that ouchie. I want it in my body. Vaccinate me to go to the party. Oh, Mara's back. Vaccinate me white or black. Vaccinate you. Vaccinate who? Vaccinate you all day long. Vaccinate your dad and mom. Vaccinate me in my thong. Vaccinate the mayor. I am a vaccination player. What can I say? I'm the real Ron Sayer. Prime tap, nine and nine. On the ground all the time. I blow your mind. I spit the rhyme. I commit to crime. I'm always on time because I'm nine and nine. I have a shot and I grind a shot and I blow your mind. One more time. Vaccinate your mind. Vaccinate your body. Vaccinate your life. Even vaccination party. I love y'all. Peace. God bless. I mean, how could you argue with that? Bell's palsy, blood clots, the twitching. The Jimmy Leg. How could you argue with all of that? After all, let's just listen to these intellects as they destroy our nation in their Democrat dystopia. 312-642-5600. My Florona. I mean, how could you argue with the intellects? Really? These, these Democrats, they got us all beat up. They're completely in front of it. Forget about the fact they're bankrupting things. Forget about the fact your quality of life is that of a Soviet citizen circa 1972. If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. These are brilliant people. Really. Any, you have any more ideas? Hey, Democrats, you got any more ideas? Morons. My favorite is when I have to listen to Pritzker. With a little leftover egg sandwich in his cheek, try to talk and explain how difficult it is when you've already lost how many nurses and doctors. Ah, you got empty beds, but you have no personnel. Yeah, stupid. And the reason is the guy, that big round pumpkin you see in the mirror when you brush your teeth. Scott, Crystal Lake. Hey, um, so I was just curious. Can we get Dr. Bill Gates and his medical degree to investigate the new Cameroonian coronavirus that has 42 mutations on the spike protein and have him explain how that happened in nature? We can't, um, but it doesn't matter. He's invested in it, and um, it's going to work out well. And he has politically donated to one party specifically to make sure that it's mandated and that the company that produces the experiment in which a year afterwards we have more deaths, more people infected, they're held harmless from repercussions from the Jimmy leg and blood clots and a little Bell's palsy. You're going to get used to that stuff. After all, it'll at least shut you up for a little while. Thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate it. I love when people ask rhetorical, facetious questions. But you're asking frauds to legitimize their dystopian lies, and they can't. My favorite person that fights against it is the very doctor who's patented the base science of which the experiment slash vaccine is based on. And the implications, if I can speak, the implications here exceed those of the Pentagon Papers. This is Absolutely. enormous. Why did you say now, what he's talking about is Project Veritas tracking down documentation to DARPA, where it appears from various emails and Pentagon Papers that this was a man-made, uh-oh, Man-made plandemic. 
It's bigger than the Pentagon Papers, uh, Dr. Malone. This has to do with a global impact on millions and millions and millions of lives that has been intentionally covered up. If these documents are verified, then um, this is truly a smoking gun of of historic proportions. Veritas has done a great job here. I've read the initial six pages. This looks valid. Um, the language is correct. Uh, the logic makes sense. We now have a, a plausible uh, explanation for what was going on in the Wuhan lab, that they were engineering a virus to inoculate bats and uh, had not completed their development process for this, and the thing leaked out while it was still highly potent for humans. That's a big uh-oh. You mean, you mean a guy eating a, a, at a bat wet market didn't cough on a frog who then jumped in the ocean swam over on the back of a dolphin and infected the world. That's not the story anymore. See, this is the sneaky suspicion I always had. I did. I always had this suspicion. I said, hmm, boy, oh, boy, this worked out to the advantage of the fascist pigs among us. Really, really did. And now the Democrats are backed in the corner. Oh, but they are. And they've got the feeble fascist figuring out why his socks are wet, Joe Biden, making speeches. And what are they going to talk about? it When all else fails, what do you talk about? Pull out the race card, even though. You're the party of the Klan, even though the Speaker of the House, the longest for the Democrat Marxist mafia, was a Ku Klux Klan grand wizard, Robert Byrd. No one will know. Just keep saying stuff like this. They're telling people that in Georgia, where there are much longer lines in African-American precincts than in white precincts, that it's a crime to serve water uh, or a sandwich, um, greatly restricting or eliminating early voting. Yes, because, uh, you know, when I'm voting, I really, really have a taste for a bologna sandwich. And I really, really, really would like a union member to bring it to me and then tell me why I should vote for the Democrat scum like this gargoyle, corrupt pig, Chucky to Smucky Schumer. I really, that's exactly what I long for when I vote. Because unless you're living under a rock and you've gone to vote in the sewer of Crook County or the state of Illinois... And you see their teamster wannabe gangsters in their leather jackets with their with their eleven uh, sleeve length try to be tough guys and tell you to vote for their jobs. Then you ain't live, baby. Bring me a sandwich and water. How stupid do you have to be to be a Democrat? I guess pretty dumb. Mike on the south side. Hey, hey, happy New Year, Sean. Happy New Year, Mike. Uh, yeah, what I was uh, telling your call screeners that they're shifting the narrative, and they started it. I want to say about two days ago. When the person in charge of the CDC was talking about comorbidities. Now, they never talked about comorbidities before, and they're starting to talk about stuff that would have got you banned on social media three and four days ago. I mean, have you noticed that? I, I, have I noticed it? I just got on my uh, my channels back up. I think it might be off by after that opening, but it, I, it was back up. Yes. So they censor you when you read the news. And by the way, the reason they took me off is because I read the front page of the Drudge Report, which gives you a year-over-year year count, and that's why they yank me. So, yeah, I, I completely understand that. And that's why I'm having a real hard time with the modern America because the modern America, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't even resemble America just six years ago. It doesn't even resemble it three years ago. And I'm being told by the most corrupt who have profited immensely, like scum Fauci and the scum Democrats. Anybody want to do a forensic audit of Chuck Schumer's uh, 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 balance sheet on his investment schemes? Would, would you like to figure out how 
how little Dick Durbin and his wife, the lobbyist, I'd like to know what their net worth is or their morphodite nephew and his son, who I think is a real manly man. His hands aren't like butter at all. I'd like to know what the audit is, but that we can't talk about because we have to talk about how they like to save our lives. They're looking out for oh. your health. Mike, won't all they care well. about is, Mike, they care about your life. You're on the south side. And all of those people who, who shoot each other and can't spell their name they without looking at a, a driver's rip. license. Yeah, they don't give a rip. You're exactly right, Mike. Stole my word. Thank you very much. I'll be back with the rest of your calls and comments after this. It's interesting. We have a moron. Dementia patient is present. We have an entire political party that refuses to do something about it. We have lost the principles of Americanism. And now the anarchists, the one who will draw the attention of the Department of Justice, are those Americans that demand their unalienable rights and the principles of America. That's called dystopia. That's what you got when you put in this feeble, fascist, corrupt, political whore. That's what you will continue to have until he and the politicians that support that vision of control and fascism and collectivism are thrown out on their dairy ears. So when I have to listen to Pritzker is going to give a press conference as to the status of Illinois, here's the status. It sucks. It sucks. Like every other Democrat-run hellhole. And then you see the difference. And you feel bad for your family members and your friends that don't know that there is a difference. Now, normally I would play a Ron DeSantis clip. But as I've said before, there are other states that are fighting for you as an American. Some of them are led by a woman. She doesn't get credit for being a woman, after all. She's not a socialist bartender. She's actually a woman who appreciates Americanism. Two years ago, we made a decision in the middle of a global threat. We chose not to compromise our values. We kept businesses, schools, and churches open. We did not decide who was essential and who wasn't, and we chose freedom and personal responsibility over mandates and lockdowns. We took steps to safeguard the public health, but we also trusted people, and we made decisions that were best for them and for their families. We did what was right, and we were attacked for that decision. Today, we are thriving because we upheld our principles. Our economy is strong. We have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the entire country. South Dakota saw new families and new businesses move here from other states. From July 2020 to July 2021, South Dakota's population grew nine times faster than the national average. While places like California and New York and Washington, D.C. are losing population. And the reason why is no secret. People want to live somewhere that respects them, that respects their freedoms. They want to share in our quality of life that we have. And they're coming here because they want to be like us. Last year, we were ranked number one state in the nation for helping our workforce and small businesses get through the pandemic. As I was listening to that slob, that pretend man, that trust fund butter-handed buffoon who's never worked a day in his life, spew with an authoritarian twinge to his voice, fraud and lies and failure. 
My heart breaks for the people who are stuck in the sewer, who think it's normal, and think they have to tolerate fascism from fatsos. Oh, that's a good one. Trish, Lake Geneva. Sean, last night I was or I was looking on Getter, and James O'Keefe made a 27-second uh, video as he walked into the Senate hearing yesterday saying that he loves his life and that he would never commit suicide. And I thought to myself, we need more courageous people in this country, a lot more. And I'm just really, imp- I've always been impressed with him, but it was quite something. I'm impressed with him. I've always been like you. He, I think he came on the scene. He was, was he? He's in his early twenties, if not a teenager. And yeah. what he's done yeah. for this country, what he's done for freedom, what he's done to expose this scum, he has equaled fifty thousand Democrat voters. Fifty thousand. He's worth maybe more. And you know, nobody plays all of the scandals that he has on Pfizer. Nobody plays all of the scandals of the information and data that the fascists want to hide from us. Instead, they they want to believe that the party of the Klan is the party that benefits people of race, of a specific race. And and it's astonishing to me. And it's astonishing to me because for the first time in my adult life, I realize that we have over 50% of Americans that truly want to be slaves. They want to be socialists, and they want to be led by the most corrupt among us. And it's disheartening. It's disheartening because here we are a year and a half into the failed promises of the Democrats. And now we just adapting to the tyranny like Illinoisans. You adapt to it when when reporters sit there and they listen to that fat slob. Tell him exactly the problems he created are, are, are that of happenstance. And he's doing a good job. That's when. You know, it's time to call a special election. I think you should impeach Pritzker. I want to impeach Joe Biden. I can't believe we're in America now where if I read a headline, I can be censored. Where if I spew up the fact that the FBI has had a laptop from Hunter Biden that incriminates the president of the United States for bribery and political prostitution. And now the Department of Justice comes out. And says it's going to launch a domestic terrorist special forces unit Mm -hmm. into citizens like me and you. I got a big problem with it, Trish. Thank you for the call. I love love the fact you listen. Thank you. And you're distracted with race and January 6th. We had to go through that. I can't swear. Don't swear. Don't lose the license. We're first day on YouTube. We had to go through that kabuki theater of lies and fraud. I have to look on the on the uh, the monitor here as they wheel out Illinois Republican pimp and whore Adam Kinzinger, who's good for absolutely nothing, who steps and fetch to the Marxist talking points, regurgitates like he was Joe Biden or Little Dick Durbin. He regurgitates the same exact thing, and that's a Republican from Illinois, and it's sickening to me. Because I have always wanted to know specifically what agents of our government were involved in the fraud insurrection. Which agencies? Oh, yeah. Prepare, Bunny. We're going to get kicked off. Maybe mid-show. Prepare. So I got to see something that I thought everybody should listen to. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th. I want a number. I want a number. 
You see, because you, you getting your hair done, pretending you're Elliot Ness with your side part and your fat bottom suits, you work for me, dummy. And I'm asking a question. How many of you were there and what did you do? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, did any FBI... I can't appreciate it. I will not appreciate it. I want answers. And I want to know who Ray Epps is. And I want to know who the rest of them were. And I want to know why Ashley Babbitt's murder isn't being investigated. And the murderer is being cheered. And a month earlier, what was he doing? And who was he donating to? These are questions I have for you. And you are my employee, dummy. Agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th. Yes or no? Sir, I can't can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. I want you to listen to the questions because they speak fast. Is it even possible that an FBI agent committed violence on January 6th? Is it even possible? And if it did happen, I want him brought before Adam Kinzinger and the very lovely, not so much, lipstick on a pig, Liz Cheney. I want to know what's going on. Or should Liz investigate and have the Department of Justice build a Gestapo to investigate people like me who want America to be America instead of a dystopian fascist hellhole run by Marxist mafia members? What do you want to know? 312. 642-5600. You know what I've always admired in a disgusting manner? I love how the Chicago moron Democrat knows that his alderman is a gangster and just wants to pay homage and kiss his derriere. It's fascinated me. Business owners, restaurateurs know they're going to have to bribe campaign contribute to the Democrat mafia scum, and they do it. And they step, and they fetch. That's never been a quality I had. Never. I used to look at them and want to bang their head off at a table. I really did. A couple times. Successful when I was young. A little short-tempered. I will tell you what. The Chicago Democrat, and Democrats in general, could care less that Nancy Pelosi and her moron husband are worth half a billion dollars from insider trading. They don't give a rip. They don't give a rip that Dianne Feinstein's husband is the B. Richard Bloom in CB Richard Ellis. And CB Richard Ellis gets all the inside real estate deals from the government. They don't care. They love it because they just want in on it. Which is why on January 6th, they don't give a rip what Nancy Pelosi's text messages said. No. They don't want to know who Ray Epps is. They don't want to know how many FBI agents were there as black ops. They don't want to know. Good thing there are a couple of Republicans that do. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. You won't answer it because you're a smarmy dog. That's why you won't answer it. But Democrats are going to stick to the talking points. Because it's all they got. Because they hate to look in the mirror. They don't want to earn. They want to take from somebody else. They're roaches. Sean, Nick Hart. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you spell it? I'm a U. 
Oh, yeah, you know, I just tell people, spell it however they want, and I like to see what they come up with. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm with a W. I agree with I'm you. I'm a W. Very good. Hey, I was flipping through channels, going from the score to MVP, and I, I caught you at the very end, of your right before the break. Yeah. And you said to your audience, hey, you tell me what you want to know. And the first thing that popped into my mind was, what was Donald Trump doing for 187 minutes? On January sixth, eating a pizza. When the rest of the world watched, eating a pizza. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what Nancy Pelosi, Sean? Turn him down, but don't hang up on him. Turn him down, but don't hang up on him. All right, let's count the three because he's got to stop talking. Do you want to know what Nancy Pelosi was doing? I'll bring him up. Hello. Hello. Do you want to know what Nancy Pelosi was doing? No, he doesn't want to know. Sean, you're flipping channels. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out, brother. You're not smart enough to listen to this one. Change it. Go listen to BS talking points. And then when you drive to Chicago, vote Democrat. Maybe you're in on the scam. What do you work for, that liquor distributor? What are you, maybe a municipal guy? You want to sit on your fat ass and wait for your pension to kick in? Go ahead. Go, go back to Chicago and listen. Don't listen to my show. makes me feel dirty when Chicago Democrats listen to my show. I prefer good people who want a righteous government, who want a country steeped in principles of the citizen, the individual, who don't want to rip away from people who do to give to people who do nothing except vote for your corrupt mafia wannabe asses. Paul, ah, in Roscoe. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, have you heard about Roseanne Boylan from January 6th? She may have been eaten to death by the Capitol Police. They're saying it was a drug. She actually died of a drug overdose, but she was clean and... They won't release their autopsy results. I haven't read, read anything recent. Doesn't matter. She's it, a Trump supporter. And this is a world of two. This is two worlds now. Then just like Ashley Babbitt, 110 pounds. Paula, my mother's dead, so I can tell you. I've been arrested. I don't even know how many times in fights. I don't even know how many by men. I've been beat up, and I deserved it by men, cops. I shoved and the rest of it. Do you know what you should have to do to get shot? By a policeman, she's 110 pounds. Went through a broken window that other people went through. Did you know that? Did you know she wasn't the first through that window? And that smarmy, by the way, heavy Democrat contributor rat shot her in the neck at almost point blank. Instead of grabbing her by the hair, her her hands were empty and throwing her on the ground like a man would do. But see, they're not men. The Democrats are not men, and they're not even human beings. They're roaches, and they eat their own. And they don't care about anything just so they get something for nothing. And other citizens who are good at life are held down. That's why they're a dirty word. Thank you, Paula. I appreciate it. And that woman who got beaten doesn't matter. All right, do I have time for Susan? Tell me about it, Susan. Yeah, um, a couple of things that are getting doctored up, and um, we expect that, is regarding COVID has to do with the fact that they're saying that it's mostly unvaccinated that are hospitalized when it's the opposite. And how they deal with it is that you have to be triple vaxxed before they consider you to be vaccinated. Uh, they keep just, yeah, well, they might as well just make, they're making the whole damn thing up. And what they don't want to, I have a dear friend of mine, an older gentleman, couple. One was all, listen to them all, back to, sick, real sick. I have another guy, didn't listen to him, sick, real sick. They both recovered. Why isn't that attention being given? There's just as many. It doesn't work. More people infected today. More deaths today. They don't want to, They want to cook the numbers rather than face the reality that they're wrong and it doesn't work. 
do it again. But this is what liars do. I mean, you're, you, know, you know, it's almost rhetorical, Susan. You're, you're, you're from Illinois. How many times are you going to yeah. let these politicians pay the same contractors to fix potholes who never get fixed? It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah. They just want the money scam. They don't give a rip about the people who are driving the cars or dying from listening to them. Thank you very much, Susan. i got to go to break. I went long. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. There are many authors in America. There are few the caliber of Stephen Mosher. He's written over a dozen books that I can count, some of the most powerful books, and he has specialized specifically on China. I wanted to bring him on to talk about his latest book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. He's also a social scientist. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I love having you on. You know that. And um, I, when I saw this book, this is a new book. Am I correct? Yes, it is. And I wanted to talk about it right away because I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't had time to get it. I don't even know if it's out for, for, for purchase yet. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and what you've witnessed? Well, what I wanted to do, Sean, when the uh, whole uh, China virus broke on the United States uh, two years ago and we were sent into what looked like permanent lockdown, I wanted to look and see how that compared to pandemics of the past. Where did those pandemics come from? Uh, how were they handled? And what brought them to an end? You know, so I started uh, a long time ago uh, with the, uh, with the uh, Black Death back in the Middle Ages. And uh, curious thing, Sean, it came from China. We now know, we have genetic evidence that it came from China. Uh, so did the Yunnan plague in the 1880s. So did the Spanish flu. You know, we call it the Spanish flu in 1918, 1919. Didn't come from Spain. It originally was brought over by, uh, by workers from China who were digging the trenches in World War One. And, of course, we all know uh, where the uh, COVID-19 came from. It came from a lab in Wuhan. So uh, all roads lead back to China when it comes to pandemics. This latest one, of course, was quite deliberate. And the other thing that, that, that I point out in the, the politically incorrect guide to pandemics is that all pandemics over history have been ended uh, not by vaccines. They've been ended by natural immunity, by our God-given ability to react to pathogens in the environment and to develop natural defenses against them. So I think those are really important lessons to uh to bear in mind, as we try to bring this latest calamity to a to as speedy as possible conclusion. And the reality is, it's never been given the perspective that I felt it should have, which is the fact that ninety nine point five percent of all people who have it, I've had it twice. My wife had it twice. Many people I know have had it twice. Survive. Yet, what has happened in the face of this virus of this pandemic is that the American government resembles the Soviet Union. And I am wondering, in your research, were you able to see other nations, perhaps, or other other governments that took advantage of the past 
pandemics? Well, here, here's the thing, Sean. I would, I would say, yeah, it resembles the Soviet Union, but let the Soviet Union is dead and gone. Let's talk about the People's Republic of China. This is where we got the idea that lockdowns worked. We got the, that idea from the Chinese Communist Party, which said that it had successfully locked down the city of Wuhan and stopped its spread. Uh, we got it from the idea uh, that came from China that they only had a few tens of thousands of deaths. The rest of the world was dying by the millions. But, boy, they had locked everybody down in individual cells of fear, made them masks, made them socially distant, and that had succeeded in absolutely stopping the pandemic in China. That's all nonsense. They've had massive numbers of deaths. They had their uh, cremation chambers in the city of Wuhan, for example, going for months and months and months, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying desperately to dispose of all the bodies of people who died. So they lost a lot more people than they will ever admit. And, of course, they continue. They continue to lie about it, the Chinese Communist Party does, which is very much in character for them because back in 2004, there was a SARS-1 epidemic. It began with a snake seller in Guangdong province. He, he got the SARS virus from a snake, and it was communicated to several thousand people in China. About one out of ten died. China hit it and covered it up. It was only after foreign intelligence intercepts began picking up chatter about all of these cases, these lockdowns in southern China, that the world began to sit up and take notice. And, and we demanded of China to know what was going on, and they told us, well, we have a SARS virus on the loose. But they lied about that. Uh, they're lying about it now. They've got 20 million people locked down in China again. Uh, the the latest variant is getting close to Beijing where the Olympics are going to be held. That's another story. Uh, and, and they're telling us they only have a half dozen cases. Well, you don't lock down 20, 30 million people for a half dozen cases, at least not in any universe that I know. You have been writing books on China. I mean, from what I can ascertain since the 80s, arguably, your book that you wrote in 1990, China Misperceived. How have they been able to keep both their people held hostage and citizens around the world thinking they are a legitimate government rather than a totalitarian communist hellhole? Well, they, they do it by fear uh, within their own borders. Obviously, they, they, uh, the Chinese Communist Party is the biggest killing machine in human history. It has uh, conservatively eliminated 100 million people from its population, uh, beginning even during the Chinese Civil War. When they would go into a village and they would take out all of the members of the Nationalist Party and simply execute them. Uh, no, ju no judge, no jury, no trial, a simple execution. Uh, and that killing continued throughout the 1950s, 60s, during the Cultural Revolution. Uh, it continues today with the uh, imprisonment, mass imprisonment of uh, minorities in China, where they're sometimes killed and their organs are harvested and sold to the highest uh, bidder, uh, someone from overseas who might want a liver or heart or lungs or whatever, uh, can get them on the cheap in China. So the killing continues. Uh, it's done for two reasons, for political power and for profit. And they've, they've made, managed to do what the Soviet Union never did. They've managed to make their labor camps work at a profit. Uh, the Soviet Union couldn't do that. They weren't efficient enough. Uh, they had the Soviet Union had the people in the gulag dig the White Sea canals and other projects, but uh, never really turned to profit. China turns their slave labor 
into uh, factory workers to make goods for export. We've got a lot of goods coming into our country, the United States, that are made literally by slave labor, by workers in prison factories in China. Uh, That's a violation of U.S. law, uh, but it's awfully hard to stop. Russia had Pravda. Havana, Cuba had one television station that was broadcast by government officials. When you see propaganda, and you've been studying it for years, and you now look at American news as it tries to put lipstick on the pig of yesterday's Department of Justice launching a new domestic terrorist wing, branch, Gestapo, whatever word you like. Are you, um, do you have the, the, the shiver going up your leg um, that I have, or is it something you think is just right on track with the takeover by the American government of the American citizen? I, I, have, I have an icy chill going down my back, Sean, and the reason is that that, that freedom lives in, in, the, in the interstices between major institutions. And generally in, in U.S. history, you've had uh, part of the media on one side, part of the media on the other side. You've had the federal government, of course, uh, in favor of big government, by and large, because that's where they live and breathe. And, but you've had the state governments fighting back against that and invoking the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. So you had a division of power. And, and today in the United States, you see the social media, you see the lamestream media, the old line mainstream media, uh, you see the forces of, uh, of globalism, uh, you see one political party all lining up on one side. And that's frightening for me because if you have too much power concentrated in one place, uh, it can absorb the rest of the country and absorb our freedoms. So uh, we, we have to hope that uh, the genius of the founders uh, who wrote the Constitution over 200 years ago to to define separation of powers and to give some states reserve some powers to the states? We have to hope that that once again that once again wins out because we're very close to going into a kind of of one party uh, dictatorship ourselves. Uh, we'll still have nominally two parties, but we will have the uniparty in control in Washington D.C. And I'm, I'm afraid that once they get in control. Uh, they'll be in control for a long, long time to come. People don't give up power freely once they have a, a lock hold on it. When you saw that Project Veritas delivering paperwork, attaching DARPA and scandals, when you saw the emails being redacted from Fauci and EcoHealth, when you see the what I think is, is clearly a cover-up being perpetrated not just by the American bureaucracies, but with the assistance of the big three media outlets. And you look at, is it possible that China was working with inside apparatchiks in our government to release this on the American people and the world for that general, knowing that in the grand scheme of how their business was set up as a delivery vehicle of products mainly bought online, and you see that they've profited immensely in the American companies that have been interlocked, working hand-in-glove with China. Does it look more and more like those of us who were suspicious of the relationship and are aware of what it's going to lead to? Do you think that we're justified in our suspicions, or do you think that it is just going to be put into the conspiracy corner again and will be discounted? Well, let me, let me back up here and say that in February of uh, 2020, I wrote in the New York Post, uh, I think the first article uh, 
that I saw that, uh, that, that pointed to the lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as the source of the China virus. I argued that it was uh, engineered in the lab. Uh, I have later argued that it was uh, deliberately released upon the world. I think everyone agrees with that now. Uh, and, of course, I was called a conspiracy theorist. The New York Post was actually taken down off Facebook and Twitter, which is pretty amazing for the fourth largest newspaper in the United States to be censored that way. But uh, but they were, and I was. And, of course, the truth came out, and, and uh, the, the, the social media had to put the article back up because it's been supported over the last two years by, by reams and reams of evidence, uh, evidence that, uh, that Fauci was, was uh, so gung-ho about gain-of-function research that he was funding it in the United States until that was stopped because it was too dangerous. And then he moved the research overseas to China because they were very interested in getting their hands on gain-of-function technology because they saw it as a means of developing bioweapons, and that's exactly what they did. So that's where the story is now. And But there are a lot of people who don't want to talk about it. Obviously, Fauci and the NIH and, uh, and the uh, CDC and all of the other people who have uh, – Glommed on to the idea that uh, that this is merely a, a a virus that somehow jumped from a bat to a human, and uh, and that we need to do uh, everything we can in this country to stop its spread, including uh, shutting down, locking down the economy forever, and keeping our kids out of school for years at a time. And whatever we do, we must not blame China. We must not blame China, which is the actual source of the uh, the virus. I mean, we've got we have completely backed away over the last year of calling China to account on any front. We have let go the senior executive from Huawei that we were holding, the big uh, Chinese electronics firm. We were holding up in Canada, getting ready to extradite her down here because she had violated U.S. export laws. She was released uh, with the blessing of the Biden administration. We have failed to hold China's feet to the fire on the trade agreement that they signed in January of 2020. Just when they were releasing the China virus on the world, they promised to buy hundreds of billions of dollars of U.S. goods. They haven't done that. We don't hear a peep about that. Uh, we we see the State Department's uh, speeches by Mike Pompeo uh, calling China to account for human rights abuses. Those have gone down the memory hole as well. It's as if we're pretending that we're back in 2000 and that uh, we can just work with China and over time it'll all work out well, we'll all get along. One of the reasons I love your book so much is that you started from the from being a social scientist. You approach your writings in that way. You took on China in that way, and that's the way you look at things. I remember when I was a kid, I read de Tocqueville, and I admired and took pride and even a little arrogance in what he thought was the the character of the American citizen, that, that frontier, liberty-orientated human being. When you see from your social scientist eyes, the American population today and what's happening in this country. Do you think that de Tocqueville would write the same dissertation about the character of Americans? No, I don't see how he could. At the time, of course, he went into the American frontier and he found Americans not willing to wait for the government, state, local, or federal government to save them. If they needed school, they, they got together a committee, built a school, hired a teacher, and, and voila, their children were educated. If they needed a hospital or a clinic, they did the same thing. They needed a fire department, they did the same thing. That, that sense of voluntarism uh, is unique in, in, I think, the history of America. Uh, Europeans tend to wait for uh, the bureaucracy to save them. We never have. But now, apparently, we have about half the population who's content uh, not only to wait for Washington, D.C. to come and save us, 
but to tell us how they're going to save us and when they're going to save us and whether or not we're worth saving at all. So, uh, yeah, it's a very different uh, world that we find ourselves in. I have to think that enough of the old America survives, and and things have gotten so bad on so many fronts, not just with regard to China and, and, the, and the China virus, but with regard to uh, the border and inflation and the economic downturn that we're all facing, the stagflation, uh, that, that Americans are going to wake up and they're going to want to take charge again. But imagine this. We now have Americans doing what Americans have always done, going to PTA meetings, uh, going to school board meetings, and complaining about the, the nonsense that's being shoveled down the throats of our children. Yeah. And what are they being accused of? They're being accused of stepping out of line. No, they're behaving like Americans. I love it, and that's why I love having you on. The book is The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. I, I think I was early. You're not. It's not released just yet. I can pre-order it, though, right? It, it, it's coming out in a couple of months, yeah. We're a little early, but uh, the story's not going to go away. This has changed our lives for the worse. Stephen, that pre-order you just saw in your PayPal is me. I cannot wait to read it. I love having you on, and please keep it up. Thank you so much for joining me, Stephen. Thank you. Mosher. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I read something that it has to be an onion title. Ronald McDonald House that helps kids with leukemia in Canada? is going to evict one of the kids because they're not vaccinated? Is it true, Jim? When Square Toe says it's true, he's normally on it. Four-year-old with leukemia kicked out because his parents... He's four years old. I thought you had to be five. He's making this BS up as they go along. Dave in Downers Grove. Hey, Sean. Um, that author was great. I got a couple things I want to update him on, though. Right. The, the lockdown is now up to $75 million, And also... They, they lied. They first said it was because of a few Delta cases. Then they came out with a, uh, a seasonal virus they have from rodents. But, you know, it's not human-to-human infectious, they say. But they're locking down all these people. doesn't make sense. Also, makes sense. also you know, the, this Omicron is probably less dangerous than the seasonal flu. And, and this... Institute out of Germany. You know, there's something, Dave, can you just, I'm going to let you talk, but I want to interrupt you for one minute. And we've got to finish that. Because the seasonal flu can kill and does kill people. In fact, in 2018, the World Health Organization accounted hundreds of thousands, 800,000 people who died from the flu. I mean, so when you say that, it kind of makes it seem like, uh, no, 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 we're not saying the flu isn't dangerous. People die from the flu. But the question oh, yeah. is, is it more dangerous? I just want to make sure, because sometimes when you say it, like, you know, like, because I'm hearing a lot of people say it, they're, they're making it seem like the flu doesn't kill people. It does. People no, die. That's what no. we do. But go ahead. Yeah, but, but, but we, don't, we don't do what we're doing now with this Omicron, which is less dangerous. This is flu, crazy. Which is serious. But also, this, this, this institute out of Germany, I think it's called the Roger Koch Institute, they've been having the Omicron before we did, and they did a study, and they said 96% of the, the, the cases were, were vaccinated. And out of that, those 96, 28 were boosted. Only 4% of the non-vaccinated were in that study. That, yeah. That's all they had. And, and, and you can see it all around here. Everyone that's been getting sick around me, have been vaccinated. I, uh, I agree, brother. I agree. But you said Robert Koch. You didn't say Robert Crotch, right? 
<laughs> yeah, gosh. All right, just want to make sure, because, you know, right away I go to the German porn. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Und. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. 312-642-5600. The language of love, the Germans. Yeah, come on, you know it's going to be great. We'll be back after this. Buttons are complicated, Bunny. Hit the right one. Stop texting George. You're on the job. All right, let's go. Let's go to Dave in Elmhurst. Hey, Dave. Hello? Yeah, hi. Hey, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I haven't seen you around a little bit. I know you've been busy. Um, real quick, I usually I have my TV show and stuff. But anyway, I'm calling about, about Pritzker. Uh, oh. You know, I, he, all the friends that I have, you know, I, I say, why do we vote this person in? I mean, we know what what he won't do. So, you know, I don't get it. Well, I think I think there's a certain amount of people. Listen, I, I don't think anybody looked at Pritzker and said, you're my kind of man. I like the cut of your <laughs> jib. He got in there because he promised to give something for nothing. And that's the part we have to start to realize. This isn't a Democrat party of Kennedy. This isn't a Democrat party that wants nuanced policies. This is a Democrat party that wants fascism and likes this kind of control, which is why they will vote and step and fetch and vote for Democrat time in and time out. That's why Chicago has been ruled by Democrats for a hundred years. It's why everybody accepts the fact that the alderman is corrupt and will shake you down and has an investment group with judges called the Table of Wisdom LLC. It's just what you get used to. You know, you get used to the kind of abuse. I mean, look at it now, Dave, the kind of abuse we take. We've got government, instead of recognizing that what they're calling as a cure, as a fix, is failing, demanding, doubling down on stupid, and demanding you have to put it into your body. We've got. I had a caller before before uh, uh, in the last hour. We were talking about January sixth, and he wanted to know what he wanted to just repeat the talking point. What was Trump doing? Well, why don't you want to know the moron guy, right? Yeah. Why don't you want (laughs) to know what Nancy Pelosi was doing? Why don't you want to know about the Capitol policeman? Now, Dave, you sound like a fellow that's been arrested. Did you? Did you? Did anybody? (laughs) Why didn't they take that little girl, 110 pounds, and throw her on the ground there and arrest her? Why'd they shoot her in the neck? That, to me, is a question that every American should want an answer to. But the Democrats are so lockstep slaves that they will sit in the corner, and they will be told what to think. And that's why you have so many Americans doubling down on stupid and demanding that their children get it. You know how many guys I know that during the holidays said, I can't go by my aunt or my sister-in-law because she wants me to be vaccinated and you know what i love exactly. is that after the holidays all those vaccinated parties you know what all those people got covid ta-da exactly. you tell me god's not don rickles might look like charlton you know, Hansen, I, but he's don they kind of tears families apart i mean i go to my cousin i'm like hey you got two shots and a, and a booster and what you had covid last month how's that been working for you yeah you well, know dave if you're asking for dumb people to admit they're wrong you're hard pressed to get it thank you very much dave i appreciate the call you stay strong i do know dave dave's a very good guy but I wanted to uh, play a clip. I want to play all the clips, to tell you the truth. Should I finish the January 6th, or should we go on to Little Dick Durbin? Ah, let's do Little Dick. But you're comparing, or Biden is comparing, and you're not criticizing, the idea of a legislator reducing the number of days for early voting from 15 to 10, or wanting voters to present a photo ID before they vote. By the way, the voter law that this moron, this 80-year-old patient, went down and 
pretended was the Klan. It has more days, more drop boxes. The one thing it has that nobody likes who likes to cheat is it has an ID stipulation. Yeah, you gotta be a resident. Darn it! You know how these Democrats hate residents. You're comparing that to Bull Connor, who literally set dogs upon civil rights protesters. George Wallace, who said segregation today, segregation forever. I'm paraphrasing. Or, or Jefferson Davis, the president of the traitorous Confederacy. I mean, isn't that a little stark? It is stark, and I will concede that point. See, whenever they send out a concession, they send out Illinois' real scumbag, Butterhand Durbin, whose wife, she's about a size bigger than him in a suit, is a lobbyist, very successful. They sent him out because he's got the monotone voice. I, I will concede that. Because what these idiots realize is that after Joe Biden made a spectacle of himself and embarrassed the nation, they got a problem when Jake Tapper is questioning you about your comparisons to the Confederacy and racist. By the way, all those racists, Bull Connor, all Democrats. Will we choose democracy over autocracy, light over shadows, justice over injustice? I know where I stand. You don't know where you are. You don't know what day it is. You don't know why your socks are wet. I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? You want to be the side, the side of Dr. King what? or George Wallace? This is an interesting point. Democrats will forever be remembered after the Biden administration as the problem in America. You can hide in mafia states like Illinois. You can get yourself that inside contract or get your moron cousin with a cork on his fork a job on the street department. Yet works in the sewer of Chicago. But in the spectrum of history, you will be remembered for the worst time in American history. The collapse of American principles and foundations and individual rights. You'll be remembered for failure, as you should. And for empty shelves, as you should. And for lies, fraud, and corruption, as you should. You may be uh, seeing a big problem at your local grocery store. Look at that. Empty shelves, left and right, finding your favorite foods a lot tougher right now. NBC10's Lucy Bustamante in the newsroom right now. Lucy, what is the reason for these shortages? We still see them. One word, Omicron, and a couple of other factors that we're going to get into, Aaron. But if you're having a tough time finding what you like on the shelf in the grocery store, blame it on this variant. The shortages are widespread, impacting everything from meat to vegetables, packaged goods like cereal, and the deliveries are taking a lot longer because of the staffing shortages related to that. So when the deliveries do get there, well, there aren't enough workers to receive them and unload the packaging at the stores. So shoppers are also frustrated that they cannot find what they want, and that means going on a scavenger hunt to multiple stores. I actually came here to get fish, but the fish hadn't been delivered. The only milk I can get were two tiny bottles of um, fat-free, so my, my kids are America, baby. That's America. Sooner or later... They'll put a face on this failure, an old, Botoxed, phony teeth, and doll hair sewn to its head face. I support changing the Senate rules, whichever way they need to be changed to prevent. Yeah, give me that senile yell. Why is this soup cold? 
like an old man in a deli. Well, at its core, the filibusters are not about, not about stopping a nominee. Oh, that's when he was young. Look at, look at the difference when he was young and all. Look at the difference. Here's the other difference between Biden and Trump, Democrats and Republicans. Now, here's the big numbers. Year over year, headline is up 7%. 7%. That is the highest since 1982, June to be specific. When it- now, you know why 1982? Because we were still reeling from the peanut farmer moron, Jimmy Carter. In fact, it was shortly after 1982, after Reaganomics were implemented, that a boom was created that lasted up until huh, 2008. And all the Republicans rode the, 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 the tails of Reaganomics. They all bastardized it. and They all corrupted it. All of them named Bush. Was up 7.1. And if we look at year over year core, of course, that's not with including food and energy. It's up 5.5%. So year over year, in case that moron is still listening who wants to think he's on a sports channel. Year over year means a year ago, dummy. Exactly a year ago. The only thing different was there were no Democrat policies. They hadn't been able to destroy the nation a year ago. Are you insulted she's skipping the speech? I'm insulted you asked the question. Oh, I spoke with Stacy this morning. We a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be, I've talked with her at length this morning. Democrats are embarrassed. MSNBC, CNN, they're questioning. It's approval rating. They still have 33% of this country is full of morons. Still support this idiot in the face of his failure. Those are probably still the same ones. I can't figure out who Fauci's wife is. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. Let's do it. Nice. Wait a minute. Let me revisit my thicker hair base. I normally don't talk about the approval ratings because they're cooked. I mean, everybody remembers Frank Potts. Lots. Excuse me. Everybody remembers him. They remember that, that, that fat kid that never did anything with that dog on his head. He wanted you to believe his hair. Here's a guy telling me about reality, and he's got plastic as hair. First thing he wants to do to you is lie to you. Just go with it, baby. It's the girls out there that like that bald look. Steve Oswego. Hey, Sean. Love the show. Thank you, brother. Hey, I'm wondering, has any president, any governor even had a, an approval rating as low as 33%. I don't R- remember. Richard Nixon, 24%. Carter, how bad he, how bad Jimmy was, but... Jimmy was 34. Richard Nixon was 24. Richard Nixon, that's not good, 24. Harry Truman, 32. Donald Trump, they say, from January 4th to January 15th, 34. But they say that because they were able to slander him with the January 6th and the apparatchiks right. went out and there. The and then polls. they polled the yeah. Democrats and they wanted to divert right. the fact, you know, we just want to. By the way, and when I say we, I mean people who believe in voter integrity, who know the kind of scams that were out there. There was just a big deal in Pennsylvania. I broke my call screener or whatever the hell I did. I'm going to have to have Misty fix it. But they just won a court case um, in Pennsylvania to release 9 million um, voter registrations of votes they want to look at. They want to make sure they're real people. And the Democrat mafia, Pennsylvania Senate Republicans, score court victory in election investigation. Court ruled Department of State um, did not provide clear, legal, legitimate 
voter rolls for the uh, Pennsylvania Commonwealth. Huh. So this might be good news. But so, you know, for the people that want to lie, cheat and steal, um, they're normally controlling and taking the polls. So I don't really put a lot of stuff in polls, but I will say um, George W. Bush, 34 percent. But we've had some low ones, the lowest being Richard Nixon. Deservedly so. A true scumbag. And Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden and Harry Truman bringing up the pack. So there you go. Steve in Algonquin. Hey, Sean. Hey. Hi. I uh, was going over an old uh, YouTube video of the uh, Clarence Thomas hearings, and everything you want to know about Joe Biden, Clarence Thomas cleared it up. And he and leaked, and in my opinion, he leaked confidential paperwork to start the scandal, incentivized Anita Hill, and set the whole thing up because Joe Biden even though he's old and doddering and in a diaper, was always a mean-spirited union thug scum whore. So I agree with you, and I implore everyone to watch what Stephen Algonquin just talked about, the hearings of Joe Biden and Clarence Thomas. And then maybe some of the people who think that the Democrats represent minorities can take a good hard look at how Joe Biden treated minorities. That YouTube... Of course, I'm probably off of it tomorrow. That YouTube can provide you some information. Lee and Hammond. Hey, Sean. Hey, I wanted to see what you think about this. You know, it drives me crazy when I hear these talking heads on TV saying that our inflation is being caused by the reaction to COVID. And nobody wants to talk about these trillions of dollars that have been pumped into the into the uh, system. I want to talk and, about it. Go ahead. Well, I'd like to hear what you say about it because it drives me nuts. Lee, I've been I've been beating, and this was my argument against Trump. Do you know, I thought I would be arguing against some of Trump's policies that I vehemently disagreed with, some of Trump's missteps and favoritism in the economy that I vehemently disagreed with, and I vehemently disagreed with both Trump and the people around him who advised him. You could mirror the velocity of money by faking it. And in there lies the beginning of the real problem. The worst thing happened was that the Democrats were able to usurp the office. And they tripled down on stupid, not double down, triple down. And that's a big problem, Lee. So if you're asking me, unless we get people that understand in order for things to be the way they were, the government spending has to be the way it was and strip out about 50% of the, of, of the, the spending the government does and really get rid of the Federal Reserve for its corrupt banking scheme that it is and go back to private institutions lending to private citizens. Thank you very much, Lee. Appreciate the call. That's not uh, going to sell too much. Joe in his car. Okay. Hey, Sean. Yes, Joe. Yeah, how you doing? I'm out here at Oakland Community High School with a bunch of parents. We're going to, getting ready to go into the board meeting to uh, fight for uh, Robert Cruz. Uh, he's, he's, being, uh, he's being targeted, uh, we think, unfairly. There's I like no, it. No you should stick up for no... what you believe in. And you should right? recognize what's going on. And if all we else fails... Fully. We got we got 30 people out here right now. You guys are out in their car. Stop by. The meeting starts at 630. This Wonderful. is a constitutional issue. Have we them blow the horn before I go to commercial. Tell everyone blow the horn before I go to the commercial. Go ahead. Come on. Uh, we're, we're out in the parking lot. Hey, everybody. Say hey to Tron. Hey, how you doing? All right, well, <laughs> thank, all right. All right Joe. Thank you. Good luck, baby. All right. Hey. Good luck. Hey. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, 
with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Ghettos around the world and throughout history are not occupied strictly by people who are victims of happenstance. They are prisons of policy. Everywhere ghettos exist, it's the policies that keep the people prison, imprisoned in them. What happens is socialism is very expensive. Classes split. Few people can afford socialism, but those in control live like gods, which is why so many politicians promote it. Mario H. Lopez, not to be confused with anyone who took Amy Jacobson on a date, is the president of the Hispanic Leadership Fund, an advocacy organization that promotes liberty, opportunity, and prosperity for all public policies. Mario, you never dated Amy Jacobson, did you? Mario? Are you there? Did we lose Mario? I think we lost Mario, girls. I can't hear him. All right, let's effort to get Mario back. We'll put him on hold or do whatever it is you girls do. And we will bring him on. But I do want to go on with that a little bit. The fact of the matter is the prosperity for people in areas that have policies that benefit free working men versus this phony game of redistribution of Soviet systems is where the quality of life is the highest. We know this. Thankfully, we still have some sense of federalism. See, it's hard for people who are trapped in Illinois and New York and New Jersey. It's hard for them to imagine what it's like to live in a society where policies do not harm you, do not control you, but in fact help you. That's why there should be, in America, policies that only promote freedom and liberty versus this totalitarianism we're so used to. Mario, are you there? I think I am. Yes, wonderful. All right, go ahead. Nice. It might have been the NSA. It could be that new organization from the <laughs> DOJ, but somebody's definitely jamming your signal. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Sean. No problem. And, um, you know, I am from Melrose Park, which went from a very heavy Italian neighborhood to a very heavy Hispanic neighborhood. I watched as they were, and when I say they, I mean people who are Hispanic, were able to thrive in the 80s, in the 90s, when people of all races were able to have businesses, to own and operate, and to start small businesses. And mainly small businesses went from Italian small businesses to Hispanic small businesses. So when you have this kind of government that comes in and takes that away from people, it's those people that do not have legacy wealth like Pritzker with his trust funds and his nonsense that can sustain socialism, can sustain Democrat policies, and they're harmed by it. Doesn't that happen over and over and over again in all neighborhoods? Well, yes. I mean, really, it's the, the lack of free market opportunities, I think, that that's, you highlight very well as a key contributor to um, you know, preventing people from rising up to their God-given potential. I um, had the benefit of living and working among 
people who were immigrants and who had immigrated mainly from Mexico. When I did, when I was in the 70s, I noticed the, the characteristics that the people had who came here in that era. The vast, vast majority just simply wanted to do better than the socialist hellhole they came from, the corrupt government of Mexico. They came here to work, and they wanted to work. Over time, do you think there's been a misconception where, and it's political, no question about it, where a political party has seen an advantage to teaching people how not to work but how to demand? And do you think that to a certain extent the Hispanic community has been played for being people who were seeking something for nothing rather than simply the opportunity to improve their lives? Well, look, Sean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, people come to this country for the same reason that they've always come, to pursue opportunities, um, to uh, bestow upon themselves the blessings of of liberty, um, as, as you mentioned, Italian immigrants, as German immigrants have done, Polish immigrants have done, you know, you name it. And that has remained unchanged for over 250 years of our great nation's history, and it's still true today. But you also highlight a a problem there, and I think the problem is is twofold, is that, you know, on the one hand, you have, you know, some of these folks who are uh, listening to, um, you know, people who come talk to them and promote incorrect policies under the guise of good intentions. Um, however, I would say that there's some fault to, to lay at the, at the foot of politicians sometimes on the right side of the aisle who don't bother to make those connections in these communities and to go out and explain their message and explain why free market policies are better for these immigrant communities and their families and, and how that is going to be what the key to uh, that allows them to pursue and achieve the American dream. And so there's, you know, certainly both those elements happen. Donald Trump was an interesting character to me. I had followed Donald Trump for decades. Donald Trump spent the vast majority of his life donating to Democrat whores and pimps. He was a Democrat. I wasn't surprised when he was espousing the old-fashioned work ethic Democrat and was able to get a large part of the Hispanic community. I think the Democrats who relied on the Hispanic community, wanting welfare more than opportunity, I think they were shocked and dismayed at how many Hispanics voted for Donald Trump. Do you think that now that that has happened, that ground has been laid and that wall has been broken, that there is an opportunity for the non-Marxist mafia to maybe you know, show the, the Hispanic community that the best future for them is a future of capitalism, is a future of Americanism. Is there still opportunity to rather than have them put into a box to always be part of the Democrat base, to maybe cultivate and show the new entrepreneurs, the new business workers of all races mainly, but what we're talking about you and your Hispanic organization, to maybe benefit from yeah. the Donald Trump record of winning over Hispanic votes? Well, look, certainly he, there are pockets throughout the country where I think he improved in his numbers. Uh, there are other pockets where um, either those numbers remained largely the same from 2016 or went down a little bit, right? But the key is, 
you mentioned it again, opportunity, right? The opportunity is always there. And it's not always easy in a place like Chicago, uh, you know, or Illinois in general, compared to, say, Texas or Florida. And, I, you know, I myself hail from California, so I know full well the, the challenges, um, you know, that, that uh, I think overlap a lot with some of the dynamics in Illinois, right? So the opportunity is there. It's not always easy, but it takes commitment, and it takes, uh, you know, real effort with real money and, and real authenticity, especially, to go in and explain why your policies are better for the average person. Uh, one politician I always admired coming up was Jack Kemp, who did that and was committed to saying, hey, if, if we really believe what we say we believe in about free markets, then we should be able to stand on any street corner in this country and explain why our policies are better. And that's the kind of commitment and the leadership uh, that I think that, that overall is needed. I have to tell you, I, I, I hate these kind of where I have to, you know, specifically talk about one community over another. I hate that because I, I don't think like that. I don't want to think like that. But the reality is this is what we're faced into with the party we have in power right now. They want to separate Americans. They want to racialize everything. So I'm going to ask a question that I hate asking. Among the Hispanic community, see, I hate starting out like that. Among the Hispanic community, are they as disgusted with the corruption in the Democrat teacher union mafia and how it's affected the children? Or are they complacent to it because they came from countries that always ruled with, by treating the people like they were slaves? What is the, the reaction in Hispanic communities? School choice is a huge issue. Uh, in, in Hispanic communities across the country. And that's something that we push at Hispanic Leadership Fund. That's something that we encourage uh, all policymakers who, who share our goals and our vision to push because it, at the end of the day, it ties into exactly what we've been talking about. People want to achieve the American dream, and people, especially in the Latino community, they are willing to sac- go to tremendous sacrifices simply not even for themselves, but for their children, so that their children have a better life than, than they did. And so that, that the children can grow and prosper and, and, again, achieve their full potential. And school choice, if you look at inner city places, you know, where I myself grew up in, for example, um, I mean, it's the state of public education is a real mess. And so this is, again, a huge opportunity for people to go out, go out there and explain. And now we've had a few decades of, you know, pockets around the country where there are uh, school choice policies in place, and we see the outcomes. And we know that students do a lot better when given the opportunity and when parents uh, have the ability to, to take their kids out of failing schools and place them in successful schools where they'll be able to learn more. You see the news daily in the sewer of Chicago, you understand that the gangs, the street gangs, the drug dealers, the murderers, and the mayhem are in control of the city. The only place you could argue is worse than that is Mexico, where the cartels are in control of the government, are in control of the ebb and flow of life itself and currency and the rest of it. Do you think there's a demand among Hispanic Americans and those Hispanics who long to be Americans to see the rule of law put into place cartel members... Coyotes, the sex traffickers, 
and the scourge that have risen to the top in our society, put in the prisons and in the hellholes they belong in. And do you think that, that if, if a Republican ran on protecting citizens of all races and all neighborhoods against the cartels that so many Hispanics are used to bending knee to, do you think that would be an asset for the party to do that, or should they just pander by giving more food stamps and more free colleges? No, of course they shouldn't pander, and of course those are the incorrect policies to promote. I mean, I think you know what you see is that criminal elements, cartel members, gang members, drug pushers, those types of folks, they are the ones who present the largest threat to these inner city and minority and underserved communities across the country. And so, yes, again, it's about protecting them, and it's about, hey, these folks are terrorizing your neighborhood. Your kids could be susceptible to, uh, you know, cartel members and and, and uh, gangbangers and, you know, that type of criminal element that is all too prevalent, right? That so, yes, I mean that that message represents another opportunity and another intersection where properly framed and with a real commitment and a sincere effort. Uh, you know, can move the needle for a lot of people because people don't want to live in crime-ridden neighborhoods. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, this is the problem I've always had. There is an assumption that people, because they come from third-world countries, want to exist in neighborhoods that promote those same policies in the countries they left. It sickens me. I've watched it all of my life. I have yet to see the Republican Party say we stand for law order and we stand for victims to have law as its shield versus watching this bastardization of American law to bend knee and ask for favor among specific groups. I find it nauseating and sickening and I do believe there are more good people than bad in all groups, white, black, brown, yellow, and everybody. And I'm waiting for the Republican Party to grow a spine and talk like men, and, and, and enforce American law rather than bastardize American society. That's what I keep waiting for, and I have yet to see one of them do it. But then again, in Illinois, our idea of a Republican is Adam Kinzinger and uh, Bill Brady, so I'm not expecting much. But I'd like to wish you the best of luck, and I'd like to, you, why don't you tell the people where they could go to support you and help you change things so that it's better for all races and all people. Yes, thank you, Sean. You can, uh, of course, visit us on the web, see our website, HispanicLeadershipFund.org. And, of course, from there you can connect with us on, on social media and or send us a message if you like. Um, but I really appreciate the chance to be on with you. If there's anything I could do for you, if you have something coming up in the future you want to talk about, you know who to reach out to. I'd be more than happy to help you. I want to thank you for what you do, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. A little after dark music. Yeah, we had a little camera problem. We'll fix it, though. Big guy on it. I love this call. Steve Huntley. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Boy, you know, you said something just a little bit ago about um, you feel there's more good people than bad people in all the races. And, gosh, I thought about that, but here's my thought. I, I'm thinking that there's less and less good people and gosh when it gets more bad people that's when the country flips you know what you would love 
a book by Eric Hoffer, True Believers, because what he's able to convey in that book is that there are always going to be bad people. It's when bad people commingle with cunning people, and they create an atmosphere of cultism, and they use fear as the prod to get people in line, that bad things happen, that philosophies of collectivism are enforced and often begged for by the slaves, the people who will be slaves in that. It's a very interesting kind of reveal of how it happens to societies. I did not think it could happen here. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had walked around with that American arrogance. I underestimated the fear and the cowardice in so many Americans. Go ahead. That's a really good point. And then one other point is, you know, I think we're the first time in history where we have intelligent, rational thinking people look at the corruption and go, yeah, I'm going to vote for that. Even though it's going to destroy them, they're they're voting for the corruption. I think it's I think it's greed. See, what people walk around with is a is an envy for anybody else that they may perceive has it better than them. So instead of improving their own life, I think what many people long for is someone to come in and destroy that other person's life, which is why you have a Democrat Party that runs on the promise of destroying lives in in order to help some. So I think it's a flaw of humanity. A lot talked about by Eric Hoffer, who I think is a brilliant philosopher, not formally educated. And it encapsulates what we live through and what you see in your own life and what you've experienced. After all, you know more people than not who who suffer kind of a joy when other people are torn down. They have that schadenfreude. They have that, that envy where they're not interested in necessarily getting up early and improving their life and doing what it takes. They'd rather see somebody, a rich man, taken down to a poor status. And you're seeing that on a mass scale, Steve. So it's really a character flaw. But it does explain the Democrat Party. It is the party of a character flaw. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it very much. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. The shark bait has such teeth there. Now, this isn't Kevin Spacey. This is really Pearly Bobby Darren, right? Don't be slipping Kevin Spacey in there, freak that he is. Although Don Lamone and him frequent the same places. Krista, Southside. Hi, Krista. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Anytime. Um, my question is, why is no one um, confronting China? Well, when you mean when you say no one, I'm assuming you mean the Biden administration the and the Democrats. The, well, the government the is Europeans. run by the Democrats, and, and China owns the Democrats. Lock, stock, and barrel. All of it. Okay. I mean, that's so the real answer. Is- For instance, you are aware of the, how do I want to approach this? First of all, there's, a, there's an, a, a firm called Rosemont Seneca. It's made up basically of Hunter Biden and uh, John Kerry's stepson, the Heinz kid, and then some friend of theirs, Devin Archer, that they used to hang around with. And this is a political payoff scheme. So it's financed with some seed money from the Bank of China. Because, after all, they're all traders, aren't they? No. But it's right. what it is, is they gave them seed money so they could pretend to be hedge fund 
managers. And that's just the Bank of China. The other little problem they have is the Chinese energy company, CEFC. This was broke before the election, but Democrats still voted for it. And emails were revealed that tied Hunter Biden into cashing in on behalf of his family with the Chinese firm. In fact, in Hunter Biden's divorce, you remember when he started to fool around with his sister-in-law? That's perfectly normal. Trailer park trash that they are. When he started to fool, fool around with his sister-in-law, his wife got wind of it, and she filed for divorce. There was a three-carat diamond that the president of CEFC, China Energy Company, had given Hunter because he liked the cut of his jib. So he gave him an $80,000 diamond. Hunter pretended to give it mm. to his wife, and then he sold it for crack money. And she had her divorce attorney go after him. You know where you can find all this? In the book, Laptop from Hell, which I highly recommend you read, because that is not Republicans or people who like Donald Trump pontificating. That is the actual emails and messages from the drug addict, crack-smoking scum, good at nothing except a bag man, Hunter Biden, his father, Devin Archer, and Heinz himself. So this is actual emails that the FBI has had since before the election. But the FBI is busy. They're busy investigating parents who don't want their kids taught racism. Thank you, Krista. I appreciate it very much. It's Ladies Night and the Sean Thompson Show. Mary Norwich. Hi, Mary. Oh, hi. I just wanted to make a comment that the grass always looks greener over the septic tank. And you know which party is the such thing. <laughs> it's hard to tell you. I mean, Mary, that could go either way. Because if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell me that I shouldn't be suspicious of the Chinese shipping heiress married to the Republican minority leader, oh, to, old lady oh, yeah, face Mitch McConnell. Now, Mary, do you think that that okay. have you seen have you seen Mitch McConnell? Have you seen his wife? She's rather lovely. Yeah, lovely, rich. Do you think she was attracted to Mitch McConnell because of his strong? jawline or was it his manly hands or was she attracted to mitch mcconnell because of his physique what do you think attracted that chinese matahari to old lady face mitch mcconnell oh i know it's the political corruption not connections corruption mary you know i appreciate you listening let's go on to wes logan square hi yes hi Hey, how you doing, Sean? Very you know, nice. I was uh, watching the news lately, and they're sitting there talking about how our health care system is so taxed, and they're, they're doing this Willis B story. And um, it was kind of interesting because in California, they're now saying that they're so, their system is so taxed that they're going to allow asymptomatic nurses to come back to the workforce. But yet, on the other hand, they're going to fire them because they're not getting vaccinated. We thought that was just a strange concept. It's almost as strange as giving free health care to illegal aliens. They're doing that, too. And if you look at what at what California has done and you look at the fall of California from the 80s and you look at the lack of the quality of life in California and you look at the state itself and how amazing, arguably, if I, I really do. It's the prettiest state in the country, the most beautiful, phenomenal state at one time, the third or fourth largest economy in the in the world was California. It's dwindled down in for one reason, Wes. One. Democrats. It's the only reason. So, Wes, until people wake up, you're going to have to try to rationalize the stupidity in what you just articulated. How right. fracking hey. stupid 
and corrupt, incompetent, and failed these rat bastards are. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate the call in Logan Square. Stay safe. Stay in your house. It's dark now. You don't want to go outside and get hit in the head and robbed by a student worth $28,000 a year to a teacher's union. Dave, Downers Grove. Yeah, Sean, you know, one of those previous ladies asked why uh, no one is confronting China. I want to know why no country is confronting China and why are any country going to send Olympians there to uh, risk getting infected by this, uh, I guess, new non-infectious disease they're locking down everyone. So, Dave, I have to tell you, I had um, Stephen Mosher on. Stephen Mosher has been writing books about China for 40 years. He In these books, it's so hard to cover because, you know, I got about 20 minutes to talk to somebody. It talks about how cunning that particular sect of communist shy comms are. And what they understood is how to manipulate and corrupt the political bodies around the world by buying off very strong politicians. You only have to buy off a few. And it's really quite brilliant when you see how they've corrupted the simple idea of America and how they've destroyed it. So when you ask, why aren't any of these other countries? Those other countries, they're already socialist. They're already bankrupt. They're already corrupt. All you had to do was buy off 5% of the politicians. In America, you had to buy off 25%. And they did. And that's why Democrats would rather talk about what Trump eats, what Trump's wife does, and what, how Trump tweets, rather than the reality of what a scum whore Joe Biden is, was, and will always be. And Harry Reid. Harry Reid's sons. And his, the, the land sale to the Chinese. Should have all been put in jail. Yet listen to the Democrats scum as they talk about what a statesman he is. I only hope that story I was told about good and evil and heaven and hell really works. And I only hope that heaven has a weekend program where I can go down and tell Harry Reid exactly what I thought of him. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the call. 312-642-5600. We'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. Talk about California. I have such an affection. I used to dream about going to California. I, I went as a kid again. I just fell in love with it. Fell in love with a aspiring actress, too. But that's a whole other story. I uh, went for a vacation, stayed for three weeks, and I couldn't figure out how to stay there. I just loved it. Because back then, in the 90s, it was booming, man. I mean, crazy money. You could open a business, start something, and it had that frontier attitude that America used to have. I want you to listen about What's happening now in California? The surge of COVID cases has prompted the Sonoma County Health Officer to issue a ban on all large gatherings beginning today. Gatherings of more than 50 people indoors or more than 100 people outdoors are prohibited. A ban. A ban. California. A ban. What do you got? 50 people? No. Ban it. Outside. How many you got? 100? Ah, that's it. Over. We're banning things now. Like some Soviet sewer. And why? Oh, we've got demagogues with pickles on their face like this. So if we're going to look ahead at what happens when this peaks and it ultimately goes down, as I've said on previous uh, pressers here from the White House, that we're not going to eradicate this. We've only done that with smallpox. We're not going to eliminate that. That only happens with massive vaccination programs like we did with measles and with vaccines. 
but we ultimately will control it. They don't mean it. They mean you. They were never controlling it. They were never treating it. They were conditioning you. They were controlling you. And it's the new normal. Look at you. You new normaled yourself right into the old Soviet Union. Ladies night. Jill Mooney. Hi, Sean. Hi, Jill. Uh, I grew up on I grew up on the southeast side of Chicago. Loved it all my life. I now live in the south suburbs. And when COVID started, the first thing I said to my husband was, "I think that the Democrats have something to do with it. Had it planted, whatever." But that's what I thought, and I still think the same way. Jill, you know what? I, I was very lucky in life. I met a, a very wise man who, when I was trading. And I wanted to know everything about trading. And he would give me all these books, and I would ask him, how do you do it? How do you do it? He goes, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you something that will stick with you the rest of your life, no matter what it is. Real estate, work, women, choices how to raise your kid. Listen to the little voice. That's all he said. Listen to the little voice. So if that's what your gut told you, Jill, that's exactly what I think. And that's exactly what time will tell. Because these rat bastards profited like nobody could after this pandemic. So, Jill, me and you are on the same team. I love it. Thank you for listening. And there's other people that listen to the little voice, the little voice about Americanism. The good thing is there's other people in charge of complete states who want to help you. There's not just Illinois. There's not just Detroit, Michigan. There's not just New Jersey, New York, or even California. There's states out there that still want to be America. While so many around the country have consigned the people's rights to the graveyard, Florida has stood as freedom's vanguard. In Florida, we have protected the right of our citizens to earn a living, provided our businesses with the ability to prosper, fought back against unconstitutional federal mandates, and ensured our kids have the opportunity to thrive. Florida has become the escape hatch for those chafing under authoritarian, arbitrary, and seemingly never-ending mandates and restrictions. Even today, across the nation, we see students denied an education due to reckless, politically motivated school closures, workers denied employment due to heavy-handed mandates, and Americans denied freedoms due to a coercive biomedical apparatus. These unprecedented policies have been as ineffective as they have been destructive. They are grounded more in blind adherence to Faucian declarations than they are in the constitutional traditions that are the foundation of free nations. Florida is a free state. We reject the biomedical security state that curtails liberty, ruins livelihoods, and divides our society. And we will protect the rights of individuals to live their lives free from the yoke of restrictions and mandates. Florida has stood strong as the rock of freedom and is upon this rock that we must build Florida's future. Now compare that to that fat slob Pritzker. Compare that to nipple rings Cuomo. Compare it to that sexual deviant any twosome newsome. And compare it to wet socks Joe Biden. Compare it to the Democrats. And compare what you were told as a child about America 
versus the Soviet Union and recognize that there's a Fourth Reich out there. And it doesn't come with Hugo Boss suits this time. It comes with totalitarian thugs, women, sexual deviant men, and Democrats in general. And that's what you're facing. And it can be beat by stoking and supporting the Ron DeSantis, the Christie Gnomes, and all of the Rand Pauls, even Ted Cruz. I forgive him a little bit. And the rest of those people that espouse Americanism. And recognize that this is not America. And it will come to an end. Believe me. Once these scumbags are revealed for who they are, Americans will be hard-pressed to even say Democrat in the future. Because we are inherently free men and women who want America back. That's the difference. And that's why, in the end, I do believe we will beat the frauds. After all, when you listen to the little voice, does this sound like a president? Will you stand against voter suppression? Yes or no? That's the question they'll answer. Will you stand against election subversion? <clears throat> yes or no? Clearing his throat with that 90 year old. stand for hacker. democracy? Yes or no? There's one thing every senator and every American should remember impeach this moron. Throw out every Democrat scum Marxist fraud. By the way, one thing that's nice about Florida, you're hard-pressed to even bump into one. They reject them real early, real often, at least on the West Coast. I'll be back in 21 hours. 